0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team and KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, lead NFL draft analyst for Yahoo Sports, Eric Edholm joins former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and meet to discuss the NFL draft. Eric, thanks so much for joining us.
0: I'm pl- I'm pleased to be here. Thank you for having me. I yeah, appreciate it very much. I can't talk tonight, but I'll, I'll do my best to get through <laughs> the uh, stumbling over my words. But, yeah, yeah,
2: good to see you guys. We're looking forward to your expertise, Eric. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, my gosh, we're so close to the draft now. I know. So mm-hmm. much going on, the NFL. Jeff and I always wonder – what are we going to talk about in the off season? And my goodness, the the NFL has not disappointed this year. So
0: shortage of storylines, man, between, you know, obviously you have Debo Samuel Today is the latest thing. And, you know, Russell Wilson's in the division with you guys now. And uh, Tyreek Hill is gone. I mean, yeah, you could just list the the number of things that have happened this off season. It would be like, you know, four other sports combined uh, for their off season. (laughs)
1: Let's start with, you mentioned Tyreek Hill because of that, the chiefs, now have six picks in the first three rounds mm. including two in the first round eric who are you projecting to the chiefs at picks number 29 and 30
0: yeah and they may not end up with those right yeah I, knowing
1: Brett beach right
0: right yeah trader <laughs> Brett. i think we'll uh at least look to you know it, it's tough when there's the green bay packers who have two higher first rounders another team that, that traded away its star receiver devontae adams and you know, obviously I I think there's going to be a run at wide receiver. So the question is, is there one that they love? Are there, are there two that they love, you know, is how high are they willing to move up if, 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 if the run starts at say number 10 or number 11 overall, right. I, I could see a scenario where receivers just start flying off the board because, you know, I think teams view these contracts now and almost look at it like a quarterback type of position because, You have nine wide receivers uh, making more than 20 million average uh, per year salary uh, on their contracts. You have another few right behind that. Uh, It's almost to the point where, you know, you're, you're willing to take, you know, 80% of the talent for 25% of the price tag. You know, that's Mm -hmm. almost the decision that these teams have to make. So you'd imagine they'd be in on receivers, but defense can't be ignored. Um, You know, I, I really just, almost can't end uh, picture them ending up with, with, with 29 and 30 and just sitting on their hands and wet, letting the draft come to them. So, you know, I'm sure fans are expecting some fireworks as well. I guess the question is how aggressive they want to be is, is Jamison Williams from Alabama, their guy, do they have another receiver in mind? Is there a defensive player they think could make all the difference in the world? Those are, you know, some of the, the myriad of questions that, the, that that
2: they face right now. Yeah, Eric, if, if they were to go in that route, ra- if they were to, no pun intended, if they were to go that route, um, <laughs> right. it, and with receiver, where do you rank receiver as an early career impact player? Like, I, I've always said offensive line, yeah, defensive line, because of the, the kind of skill and size that you need and the speed of the game, sometimes it takes those players a little longer to develop, right, before you become that super impact player on day one. Where do you rank you know receivers as far as impact early in and, and is, is the draft always the best place to get a receiver
0: no but you know i think as i've come up in this business i mean years ago i think it was always the, the feeling that there were receivers who took three years to develop you yeah. know there were guys it was a very slow developing position traditionally but i i think as you know seven on seven youth footballs become this 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 year round force and, and, you know, your best athletes are either a quarterback or receiver oftentimes, not always, but you know um, a lot of them will play on both sides of the ball, play corner as well too. I feel like, you know, the passing game has, you know, trickled down to the high school level. It used to be a lot of option football. Now you see teams throwing at 40, 45 times a game in high school. And so I feel like that position has developed and accelerated the the path for a lot of these guys not everybody it's not a truism yeah. for every but to see jamar chase after a year out of football do what he did last year to see justin jefferson the year before arguably one of the you know three or four best receivers in the game uh you know with really only one college breakout year out of him uh it's pretty incredible right i mean devontae smith and debo samuel and dk metcalf you can go down the list the last three rookie classes have featured unbelievable talent at wide receiver and this is touted as a good receiver class too i don't know that there's a chase or a jefferson in this entire class in fact Mm -hmm. i'd I'd argue there isn't Mm
1: -hmm. um
0: but williams might be the closest one the the issue with him is the the acl and Mm -hmm. and he suffered Mm -hmm. it in the in the national Mm -hmm. title game i think they win that game if he stays healthy frankly even though Georgia ended up winning by a, a fair margin there but he really meant that much to him. He's a big play machine. He's, if you're looking for the, the Tyreek Hill type and there aren't many of them, but that's probably your man right there. And the question where is how thinking? soon where, is he going to be back and how much can he contribute as a rookie?
1: Eric, where do you think given that, given his injury, where do you project him like going? What range do you see him in? Yeah.
0: I mean, th- there's a case to be made that had he not gotten hurt, he'd have been the number one receiver. And there's an argument that maybe he still should be right. Uh-huh. I mean, Suffered the injury in January. Realistically, he could be back out there at some point late September or something, early October, still be a contributor in year one. And, you know, two years from now, if you feel like he's the best player and you're willing to kind of take the short term loss, knowing that the long term game is going to be gain is going to be so big, he could be the first one taken. I don't think he will. I have a feeling both the Ohio State kids are going to go very high Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. I think it starts in that. 10 11 range with the jets and uh, the commanders picking at 11 um, and then it kind of just trickles down from there. Keep an eye on Minnesota. I don't know that they're necessarily taking a receiver, but they are very much in the trade down mm-hmm. mentality as a lot of teams are, but that's a good spot. If, if Williams were to still be there and the chiefs or any other team for that matter, felt good about it, that could be a spot to move up. I think, I think, you know um, their new GM questie, uh, mm-hmm. Probably feels from the Cleveland experience that accumulating draft uh, volume, as many picks as you can, is is probably the best way to go without one screaming need or, you know, the perfect player there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I would say anywhere from 10 to about 20 is probably where he goes off the board and, you know, may end up being a trade up situation because of the number of teams that need wideouts.
1: Well, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, include live betting and your favorite Vegas and Casino poker games and your next bets. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code Believe That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Um, we're here with Eric Edholm uh, with Yahoo Sports from Yahoo Sports. And Eric, if you could tell us about uh, the all juice team, which I know you guys have in your second year. Yeah. Honored Therese Paler, who of course, Kansas City Chiefs fans know he lived in Kansas to work for the star for a while. And maybe yep. a couple highlight, a couple players you have off, off that all juice team.
0: Yeah. Therese, we lost him way too soon. i mean, been 37 years old, a little over a year ago. And, you know, we kind of scrambled to, to, to put together a juice team in his honor. He had done it, as you said, I think for, you know, four or five years at the star, another couple of years with us at Yahoo. And and it was his baby. I mean, he loved it. Fans love reading it. And he definitely had a chief's lens with it too. I mean, obviously having worked there and being located in Kansas city um, you know, knowing the chief staff, knowing what they look for in players, he would create uh, 22 or in our case a 23 man roster we use an, uh, a 12th man on defense with the nickel position but you know and he didn't just pick all first rounders right that's easy mm-hmm. anybody can do that my favorite players whatever the best guys at each position No, what he did was he only allowed himself two high first rounders two mid first rounders two low first rounders you know he worked all the way down to the undrafted guys so he made he made it challenging for himself. And it was a challenge for us to kind of not only channel Therese and try to think about who he likes, who fits the the qualities of the juice team, effort, performance, attitude. Those are kind of the three staples, if you will. Um, And it's like a little Tetris piece, you know, fitting in the the different uh, players and where they're projected to go in the draft and also fill out a good roster. So, you know, Charles Robinson, my colleague there, he and I really kind of, Drilled down on this thing a couple of weeks ago, made a bunch of calls around the league, people who knew Therese's work, who knew the juice team. Uh, and, you know, Malik Willis at quarterback, a lot of people know. Uh, certainly George Pickens at, at uh, Georgia, the receiver, somebody who's probably on Kansas City's radar as well. Uh, Arnold Ebichetti the pass rusher out of uh well we have yeah, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan too but Ebichetti is a player I can see the Chiefs liking quite a bit more in the D Ford mold than uh you know uh, you know some of the other pass rushers they've had but yeah I mean it, it's it's guys who lay it all on the line who've got some kind of athletic prowess that that makes them different from their uh uh you know their contemporaries and uh just guys who have a little something extra that's why he called it the juice the goods right and so we had a ton of fun putting it together we miss our friend we just want to do our best to honor him and anybody interested in go to uh breaking and and uh sign up for the uh hoodie or sweatshirt the the, the you know the hundred percent of the proceeds go towards howard university a, a, a scholarship in his name to to benefit an african-american journalism student it's it's all of Teresa's passions and, and we're more than happy to carry it on
2: that's fantastic. Now it's, uh, you know, the, the amount of thought and the thoughtfulness that went into what he did with that and yeah. you guys carrying on that tradition is amazing. Right. Cause like you said, it, it, it took yeah. a lot of thought, you know, it wasn't just like you said, let's just slap in the top right. 30 picks and you know, <laughs> the ones that everybody knows about it really, it, it means something to, to be on that all juice team. Uh, Cause it is that little extra something, which is, which is really cool. And I think what sets it apart from any, any other all American squad that you'd ever, you know, you'd ever see some of the, you know, the captain obvious things that you see (laughs) out there. So very cool, Eric, that you guys keep that going for a wonderful person, an awesome journalist, but an even better guy. So that's awesome that you you guys have have done that in his honor.
0: And it it leads us to guys like Daniel Hardy from Montana state, right? Montana state actually has a kid who's probably going to go in the top 70 or so picks. Troy Anderson, A lot of people know about him, but his teammate blew it up at his pro day, had 16 sacks last year, had a great playoff game against South Dakota State. We talked to some scouts and they're like, if you want the sleeper, this is the guy. So it was fun. I got to learn stuff, too. And I'm hoping that, you know, people who read it get to learn it, too, because, you know, Therese is a football junkie. He lived and breathed this stuff. And and he was thinking about it all fall during the college football season and then into the post draft process. And this was you know, we did it as quickly as we could last year after his passing, right after the Super Bowl. But this past year made it a lot easier because in the back of my mind all season I kept thinking, watch out for juice guys. Like keep an mm-hmm. eye out for anybody who might make the team. And that's how I got to Greg Dulcich, the, the, the UCLA tight end who's got a little tiny bit of Travis Kelsey in him. And you know, other players that I thought had some not just Chiefs qualities but also some some juice characteristics that that he'd have loved.
2: Oh, that's awesome. And I mean, obviously keeping in that theme, it's a great Mm -hmm. segue, right? Football junkies, this is your time, right? Here comes the draft. There's, you know, the the NFL does a fantastic job of keeping this thing moving. You know, they go from the Super Bowl to, you know, to the Combine. You know, and then all of a sudden it's the draft and then it's OTAs and these, they, they put the trade deadlines and the cut deadlines at just the right time to keep us all interested to get us back to September 1, you know, for kickoff. Um with that said, Eric, what, what are you thinking, you know, about this draft? Like in general, do, you, do you, could, could you grade the whole draft yet? I mean, or yeah. the draft class that's coming into this? Like, how are you feeling about this draft compared to other ones? And then are there any other, you know, you mentioned some of those really cool nuggets, but right. are there any ones, anything else hidden in there that you see in this draft that's different?
0: It's an interesting class. It's, it's not sexy at the top. You know, if you were to stack last year's top 15 against who ends up being the 15 picks this year, it's a little underwhelming, right? they there. We're lacking. We don't have a Micah Parsons in this class. We don't have a, a Trevor Lawrence type quarterback. We don't have, you know, a Jamar chase. There's just, you know, a Devontae Smith for that matter. And that's not knocking the guys who are going high in this draft. They'd all been, you know, first round caliber players in any other draft class. It's just that, you know, Aiden Hutchinson could be the first pick most years. Maybe he goes five, six, seven, eight. You know, I mean, I just think it's that kind of a it's a little bit of a meat and potatoes draft in that regard. But the depth looks pretty good to me. And I Mm -hmm. think there'll be some players that that don't get drafted who are in the the PFA pool who end up being good football players. Because think about how many guys delayed graduation with COVID got that extra year of eligibility pushed it back. And I think we're seeing that trickle down effect to this point. So we actually have the most picks 262 this year that we've had in uh, almost 20 years. So a little bit more room for guys to get selected, but on top of that, I do think it's going to be, uh, you know, have good depth though, throughout edge strong receiver, deep um, offensive tackle corner. I think there's some good players in the first few rounds at those positions. Running back and tight end, I would say the depth, you know, the the, the value begins probably on, the, you know, late day two, early day three. Linebacker safety, it's it's a, you know, depending on who you ask, I think it's a pretty good safety class, but, you know, others may be a little more down on it. And it's just, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but it's it's mostly about the fact that, We don't have as many slam dunk home run type selections at the top of the draft. And, and that adds mystery. And there should be a lot of trades with, with eight teams having multiple first rounders. So there's, there's, there's enough potential to make it an exciting night next Thursday and and see what
2: unfolds. Have you seen in your experience, obviously covering this for a long time, Mm -hmm. have you seen a change in the types of players that are coming out from a broad uh, array or spectrum of schools based on transfer portal based yeah. on the amount of parity that's out there in college sports right now. And, you know, t- you know, great players deciding, well, if I'm an all American in high school, why would I go be the eighth all American at Alabama? I'm right. going to go at Montana state. There's a, right. bring yeah. up something you mentioned, like I'm going to go somewhere where I can play. Are you, are you seeing a general um, better broad spectrum of, of players, coming out from more schools in the draft than, than sort of a concentration based on the way the NCAA is set up right now for that.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, Alabama is always going to be King. Ohio state's right. always going to produce tons of talent, but I definitely think that, you know, once you sort of get past the blue bloods and, and, you know, the, the typical uh, NFL um, factories, if you will. Yeah. I do think there's, there's, it, you know, I, I have to go run the numbers, but I yeah. would say that, you know, the small school kids aren't these sort of, uh, you know, you don't have to look under rocks anymore. The scouting process has been refined to the point where, you know, their, their workout times are going to be posted. You're going to get to see video of all this stuff. You know, you can see it faster and Hmm. uh, better quality and everything like that. And, you know, communication is better. Scouting departments are bigger. I mean, the, the, the Baltimore Ravens have like 36 scouting profession, you know, people in scouting. Right. And that includes some of the you know, administrative people, but still, I mean, it's like, you know, the scouting departments, except for a handful of teams like the Bengals, have, have just expanded uh, by big numbers. And so, yeah, I would say the transfer portal has had a big effect too, in terms of you know, player gets stuck in a in a situation with a coaching change or behind a great player, or something can move on more easily. I think it's helped open more doors. It's also gotten a little more chaotic in some respects, too. You know, you have guys going to three, four different schools and you know, the lack of continuity may hurt them as well. So it's, it's overall, I think a net positive, but there's certainly some who, who, who don't uh, benefit from it. And yeah, yet still, I definitely think that, you know, we've seen guys like Austin Eckler come into this league and become good football players out of quite literally nowhere, um that's a good example of how the scouting process works if you're if you're talented enough you will get a shot it may be as a undrafted guy
2: it may take a little longer to get there but uh, you you will get that opportunity yeah. Well, I've, I've seen, I've seen huddle, you know uh, you know, huddles, the big, uh, yeah. a lot of high schools use it for yeah. colleges, use it. Like I've seen huddle videos on like elementary school kids. Like it's crazy, <laughs> crazy, like, right? We were, Jeff and I were talking about my draft experience back in 91. And I remember, and I think we didn't get to talk about this story, Jeff. I remember um, uh, one of what somebody had come through. It wasn't Terry Bradway when he was with the giants, but somebody, I remember somebody coming through, they couldn't, they couldn't get film on me when they made, they were coming through Philadelphia because another scout had already had the film. It was was basically the tins, the 16 millimeter. That's right. And they were like, and the scout like stopped by and was like, sorry, Joe, I couldn't get the film. Some other, somebody already has the film and it's gone. It's not like the one we wanted to see. So like that's how hard it was to see players back then, especially at smaller schools where, where if, if the film was out, it was out. Right. And, and, and now, I mean, you know, you see you see highlights on every social media outlet going. you could if you're a scout you could see somebody play sure. 24 hours seven days a week if you wanted to
0: yeah oh yeah and and like there was some gamesmanship involved back then with scouts like they would hide tapes like if they saw yeah, a player they liked that's, for,
1: happened. that's probably what yeah. happened Joe yeah, yeah. Peterson probably yeah exactly <laughs> you, you were
0: destined to be a top five pick Nobody <laughs> knew, right? You know? I had a great story I did a few years ago about the 96 Ravens they had just moved from Cleveland to, to located to Baltimore and stuff. And that first year was, you know, a, a complete catastrophe, right? They were working out of an old police facility. It used to be the Colts <laughs> facility back in the day. But, you know, this thing had weeds up to the, the ceiling and, you know, 20 year old carpet and everything like that. And they were explaining to me how the video system worked, which was these like Betamax tapes. And they would stack them up along the wall. And they said they had like four walls worth of cassettes, you know, and they'd have to go down and, like, do you have 784? No, I've got 751. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, it just, it's crazy to see how much it's advanced in the last 25 years and made, you know, Scouts' lives so much easier. We, you know, if they complain now, they got, they got nothing to say, man.
1: With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, prevent any disease. Athletic greens, take ownership of your health. We're here with Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. Uh, Eric, and we've talked about how we think that that it's very likely that the Chiefs aren't going to stay at 29 and 30 um, in the first round. But if they do, give us a couple maybe wide receivers, defensive backs, Edge rushers, just a couple names there those are three main needs for the Chiefs that would be good value around that point
0: yeah sure I mean I think at that point you know, I mentioned ketty earlier from uh-huh. Penn State kid who went to Temple was really you know off the radars recruiting wise was not a big name coming out of high school went to Temple made a name for himself there became a very good player in the A-10 bet on himself transferred to Penn State had a lot of suitors went there and played had his best season to date and all of a sudden people are like, Hey, this, this kid can play. I mean, he's an NFL player. I think had you asked me a month ago, I probably would have said, you know, early to mid second round, you know, top 50, I'm starting to think he's going to fit in the first round somewhere. I mean, if he doesn't, you know, we're talking about one of the first couple of picks in round two, maybe, you know, a little on the smaller side, but super active hands, forced fumbles, you know, deflections, things like that a lot of pressures uh, when he doesn't get home on sacks. So, I mean, he makes his impact felt quite often, still needs some work in the run game. And, and still, I think needs to learn how to, you know, kind of work his leverage, you know, get his weight underneath him, set a hard edge and impact the game in that way as well. But I think he comes as a a ready-made pass rusher, maybe not a, you know, eight or 10 sec guy as a rookie, but somebody who I think can, you know, add some energy to a third down unit. So that's, that's one on the, on the edge uh department that i think fits in that area you know logan hall probably more of a second round pick more maybe like a five technique for certain teams or a three depending on you know who you talk to i don't think george Karlaftis from purdue makes it that far but maybe i mean you never know i know the packers like him so they're a team to keep an eye on but a kid who came from greece uh it went from uh uh, athens to to west lafayette not a move many people make but um (laughs) Be, was this sort of he's like the greek freak too basically he really has unbelievable athletic ability uh, high motor too. still technique wise probably have some stuff to learn but um but he's just he's always finds a way to to make his imprint felt in games and um a little bit of a short-armed guy and you know not the super longest guy but he'll find a way to, to make an impact so those are a couple edge guys that i think make sense andrew booth the clemson corner I see as a, a player on the rise and I think NFL scouts view him that way too. Not a finished product had, had a couple reps that, you know, that would chalk up as ugly if you will last year, but the ability is there. He's, he's got explosive athletic ability. You know, I think he's like my 24th or fifth player on my board. I don't remember off the top of my head, but you know, that's about the range she'll go. I don't know exactly where, but I would say, you know, the latter third of, of round one, um, You know, they didn't play a ton of different coverages down there, but I think, you know, he'll be able to adapt eventually. As far as the receivers, it's hard to know because, like I said, I think that run is coming, and I think it's coming ahead of the Chiefs pick. But you still could possibly be in play for Jahan Dotson. Um, Doesn't have that, that electric speed. on on a Tyreek level or even, you know, even a tiny bit below that, but he's a four, four guy and he runs fast and he gets open and he can play from the slot. He can play outside. He's a good punt returner as well. The thing that really impressed me that I didn't know about him until I sat down and watched three or four of his games in a row, he catches everything early in his career, had a few drops. and was sort of known as a guy with, with shaky hands, but the last two years, at least the games I watch, I saw a player with confident hands, you know, 91 catches a year ago, did a lot with them, made some, some big splash plays. He was their go-to guy. And he, I, every year you could just sort of see incrementally got better. So, you know, that's, that's a receiver that I see kind of going in that area. Sky Moore from Western Michigan, I view as more of a second round pick Christian Watson, North Dakota state, I would say the same. Could, could one of them slip into the first round if there's a big run? Maybe. I mean, and, It wouldn't shock me. I think the number right now on receivers in round one is like five and a half. You go to the betting markets, but I I think six feels likely and seven feels at least possible.
1: And it also sounds from what you said, you mentioned two Penn state guys. seems like you could really bet on that. There might be more Penn state guys going early than Penn guys. From what I, from what I thought, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. You know, I think
2: so. I, 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 Look, I'm not a bet. You know, I am a betting person because Bet Online is our sponsor. But that's right. Uh, but you know, I, I don't think there's going to be a really good odds on that one on Bet Online there, Jeff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they've had some, some some players over the years. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah well, don't sell the, them the, short. The,
2: the, the Chiefs brought on uh, former Quaker uh, Justin Watson this year that's right. from Tampa yep. Bay. So we're we're they were, they were the he good was receiver. the receiver. First free agent pick that uh, the Chiefs picked up this offseason. I mean, it was like literally what? Hour one, wasn't yeah, it, Jack? Right. The free yeah. agency opened at midnight. I think they signed him at 1201. That's so, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was good, good to see another Quaker out there. But, you know, Eric, it, it's so great to have you on. You have such great insight. Just all, all our you. listeners, please head out and check out Eric at Home stuff on Yahoo and especially his stuff with, uh, you know, that he's doing with uh, continuing the All Juice the all team. All Juice team. Uh, you know, for Therese. So that means and, a lot.
1: Thank Eric, you. I have. Before we send you off, because I know you're grinding away, one last question for you. You said how this there's no home run really in in this draft. It's not quite as sexy a draft. Like I can't remember draft like this. Who is who's the number one pick? Is it Aiden Hutchinson or in? Who is it, and how certain are you that that person is going to go number one?
0: I'm not putting my mortgage on it. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I mean, I I really, honestly, I I would have. You know, at the Combine, there was a lot of talk about the offensive lineman possibly going first. I had a few minutes with Doug Peterson. I didn't get the impression that O-line was the way they were going. Sure enough, the next week it went from Evan Neal as the the sort of heavy favorite, uh, and even Ike Mcwanu from NC State getting some, some possibility there. All of a sudden, it just switched to Aiden Hutchinson, and he was the guy. And it wasn't stunning because, look, Heisman Trophy finalist, you know, the best player in the Big Ten last year, impactful, uh, super high character will be one of the best workers in whatever locker room he goes to. Athletic testing was mostly great short arms, but I mean, look, you know, he does, he's about as safe a pick as there is in this draft. I would, you know, if he turns into Chris long, okay. You know, that's a good football player right there. Right. But there's this sense in the NFL circles that the Jaguars are kind of enamored, or at least I'll say Trent Balkey, the GM might be enamored with Trayvon Walker from Georgia. Right. Mm. For a guy who only had five sacks last year to be considered number one, you better have special athletic traits, which he did. He tested it that way. National title game, he chased down a ball carrier from uh, a receiver from 40 yards away, you know, after he was rushing the passer, wheels around and makes a play. And just like stuff like that that you say he could be really special. And in that scheme, they weren't – he wasn't really – he was more asked to kind of occupy blocks, so – you know, maybe he can become a sack guy in the NFL. Maybe he can be an impactful defenseman, uh, a defensive player. So, I mean, I get it, you know, and that's more of the style of rusher Balky had when he was in San Francisco. There's also that, that, that chatter that, you know, he and Jim Harbaugh don't get along all that well. And then maybe he's looking to stick it to Jim by not drafting. Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs>
2: that's a little
0: bit of a stretch for me. I mean, I think it's a, a funny storyline, but you uh, would have to be, a pretty deep hatred, I think, to do that and possibly tank your team in the process. But I, I think both are really good football players. I think I have Walker as my number eight or nine prospect overall. I just I just don't view him as a number one type of pick. But maybe the
1: Jaguars see it differently. So you, you think it's probably still Hutchinson then? I mean, I know it's a little yeah. bit of a plus up here.
0: But if I mean, if I had to put 10 bucks on it today, that's that's the direction I'm going. I, it, it almost feels like the Trey Lance pick last year. You know, everyone was convinced it was Mac Jones at three or, you know, yeah. not everyone, of course. But, you know, it. You, you polled 100 people who follow the NFL, 78 of them would have said, OK, that's probably Mac Jones. That's the safer pick. I mean, it's apples to oranges, but I almost feel like. Trayvon Walker's kind of the Trey Lance of, of defensive linemen in the sense that he's sort of a mystery and, and w- what could he become? Is he, is he this superstar in, in, uh, you know, in hiding a little bit here? I mean, there was so much talent on that Georgia defense. So on the one hand you say he benefited from it and the other, you know, maybe he was just overshadowed a little bit and he can go somewhere and, and be a star. So I, I would say probably 75, 25 is where I'm sitting right now on Hutch, but Walker has to be considered.
1: Great stuff. Well, Eric at home, Yahoo Sports Draft Analyst. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Great being with you guys and enjoy the draft next week. And uh, it'll be fun. I'm I may not be the sexiest uh, thing we've ever seen, but I, I think there'll be some action Thursday night.
2: This is the offensive line. This is the offensive lineman of drafts.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> you need them. You need good ones. That's all there is, right? So, all right, gentlemen. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Well, Eric. Enjoyed
1: this show presented by Bet Online. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week.